Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on Sports Talk, we welcome in now from Locked On SEC is Chris Gordy. Chris, how are you, man? Hey, doing good, guys. So, Chris, uh, the question that I think everybody's trying to find an answer to is, <laughs> man, what, what got into Jaden Daniels? And is it just he finally grew confident within this system and trusts his receivers? He looks like a totally different quarterback. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, when you look at the numbers, he's now you know third in the SEC in completion percentage behind just Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker. And, you know, I know you guys probably talked about it, but the 11 combined touchdowns the past two weeks, you know, going back uh, to the last LSU quarterback to do it, I had to go back to – you know, Joe Burrow, the Peach Bowl, the national title game, you know, those two games combined, he had 14. So uh, pretty crazy to to even, you know, mention Jaden Daniels in the same breath as something with Joe Burrow, but that's how good he's been for this team these last two weeks. And you know, I was just uh, on a radio station in Alabama uh, earlier today, and, you know, they were asking me about Brian Kelly and, you know, this team and how they've gotten better. And it was almost like I had to say, newsflash, guys, Brian Kelly is a good coach, it turns out. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's. It, I just feel like so many people underrated him and underrated this team. And you know, the preseason predictions when people were saying six and six and seven and five, I kept saying, man, I mean, like seven and five is fine. We'll take that. But they've got talent on this team, and if things start to click, they can be better than that. And here we are, albeit a you know a week out from the Alabama LSU uh, game that's going to decide the uh, the SEC West winner, basically. Chris, um, I agree with you. I think it was a knee jerk reaction. And even Brian has admitted that, listen, the cupboard wasn't full when he took it, but it wasn't empty. You know, he did inherit some talent here. Uh, at LSU, you look at that receiving core, B.G. Ojolari, Ali Gay, Micah Baskerville, you can kind of go on and on. But I think the one thing to me, other than Jaden, that has really caught my eye, improvement from week one, offensive line play, two starting freshman tackles, you got Charles Turner, who was always an undersized center and will always be. Uh, I don't care what they list him. He ain't close to that weight. And uh, Dellinger's been down with an injury. Bradford's a uh, – he, he got the other problem. He got way too much weight. And then you got Miles Fraser on the other side. That that line – you watched him against Ole Miss. Chris, there were times – Daniels was just sitting back there, and he had all kind of time to throw the football. And it was like that to a certain extent against Florida. Daniels' development has been spectacular. But what is going underrated is how well their offensive line has played, especially from a pass protection standpoint. No doubt. I think even Anthony Bradford's plays has improved, but – you know, it starts with those bookend tackles. And yeah. Obviously, there's been so many stories written about it, but the two true freshmen, they're, they're getting better and better with time. You know, we saw how the O-line struggled when Will Campbell was out a couple weeks ago. And, uh, man, if they're starting to play this well, you know, only at midway through a season as true freshmen, what are they going to look like two years from now? I mean, that, that gets you excited right there. But, no, they're, they're finally getting some consistency. They're starting to gel there, and – 
Uh, like I, like you said, Mike, I thought they played one of their best games of the year this past week. And, you know, you go back to the weeks where the offense struggled and you look at the Tennessee game and, you know, it's times where Jaden doesn't have time and he's pulling the ball down and having to run because he knows he can't sit back there and wait for somebody to get open. He doesn't have the time to. But, uh, no, they, they're getting better and better by week. And, then you know, as a result, Jaden's play is getting better week by week. And that's what will be exciting about this Alabama game coming up next week. You know, they, they got the big dogs up front, Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and all those guys on that Alabama defense. You know, it'll be a really, really tough test to this LSU offensive line. But if they can give them some time, Man, uh, LSU can, can absolutely hang with Alabama. You know, uh, Chris, then you look at uh, boy, and LSU fans, want them on the field, uh, whether it's an edge rusher or just figure out a place uh, for him, uh, Harold Perkins. I mean, and uh, even Lane Kiffin acknowledged uh, how he's a difference maker. Uh, but uh, I think the coaches are aware of that. But, you know, you have so many great players uh, that you're trying to implement uh, in the defensive game plan, but – all I know is Harold Perkins used to be in that number. Yeah, I have a buddy who works for, uh, for the NFL, does some, some scouting work for them for the draft, and uh, he called me the other day. I guess he was watching game from, from this past week and said, who is 40? Who is this kid for LSU? <laughs> and uh, I said, that's, that's Harold Perkins. I said, he's a true freshman, and they got a couple more years of him. And he said, my God. So, yep. uh, no, he has been a force for them. He's gotten better, you know, week by week, and – you know, there's been the times where it's been like, can we get him out on the field? I, I don't care what scheme you're trying to run. Find, find a scheme that fits right. him. Get him out there on the field. And, uh, yeah, man, he, he, he balled out last week. It was, a, it was a game changer in that second half. To, to shut out an Ole Miss, a Lane Kiffin coached offense and an entire half of football is so super impressive. But it was putting him on Jackson Dart, telling him wherever Dart goes, you go. And Jackson Dart just a week ago had rushed for 100 yards against Auburn and LSU held them to whatever it was, under 10 yards net rushing. That was a phenomenal job. And, uh, look, you know, I know he's had a couple of, you know, one or two uh, flags, penalties thrown on him here or there throughout the season. But uh, that's all about growing and learning as a freshman. But, man, Perkins, his level of play has really elevated this defense. Now, uh, Chris, fans sometimes, they don't want to look at this, but you have to look at are you taking away the football or are you protecting it? But then this is unsaving-like and Alabama-like, I guess, through the years. But, damn, they get a lot of penalties. I'm telling you, watch when the game is all said and done. You have nine penalties or more. I think it, whether it's high school, college, professional, nine penalties or more, 100 yards plus. That's like giving up a touchdown. Uh, so, you know, we were giving the Saints the business. Uh, they're undisciplined. So uh, I think we think Coach Saban's teams are disciplined. Boy, but Alabama sure have been penalized a lot. I think they're like, out of all the FBS schools, they're like one before last or something like that. That's uncharacteristic yeah, for right, Saban. Right. <laughs> yeah, they, they had a little course correction last week. I think they only were penalized three times. Okay, right. State. And, yeah, some people said maybe that was the refs trying to kind of make up and uh, say, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe Saban uh, was made, made a few calls, said, hey, can you guys back off of the penalties on us? But uh, – but, no, I, I mean, look, Alabama did play very well against Mississippi State. You know, they, they did what LSU did a couple weeks ago. They took away their passing game yep. and slowed down their running game. And, uh, you know, the big thing to watch, Alabama's secondary has, has had some issues throughout this year. Kool-Aid McKinstry has been very good. Terry and Arnold's been up and down. But the guy that was struggling to find his way onto the field was Eli Ricks. He finally played this past week, and he played really well. I think he had four pass breakups against State. So that's just something to watch. Another guy, you know, where – the situation wasn't great the first few weeks. Now he's starting to play well for Alabama, and now he gets to come back to where he started at LSU uh, next week. So another storyline to follow for next week. What about Major, Major Burns? Uh, do you expect that he'll play against Alabama? 
that's what it sounds like. You know, that was the timeline they they kind of said that that he might be back for, and man, it just helps this uh, helps this secondary that much better. Um, you know, I don't think this is one of LSU's most talented secondaries, but they're, they're getting the job done, right? I mean, Makai Gardner, Joe Fouché uh, has made some nice plays since he's gotten in there. Greg Brooks has been active. Uh, you know, I, I think they're I think they're fine for what they are. We saw a little bit more Sage Ryan. Uh, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think once they get Major Burns back in there, I think that this secondary is going to be that much better because he's just he's such a force on the field, you know. So if he's back for next week and it's sounding like that's how it's trending, it's going to help the secondary tremendously. Chris, bear with me on this. I'm going to ask a really really big hypothetical question here. But if LSU were to run the table and then win the SEC West, and then they'd be in the SEC championship game, and somehow some way if they were to beat uh, either Tennessee or Georgia. Uh, and they would be a two-loss, potentially a two-loss playoff team. How how much of an uproar would we hear over that? It would be interesting because in, in that scenario, and let's just work through some of the hypotheticals here. You know, let's say Tennessee beats Georgia, and Georgia's got the one loss. So you've got a Georgia team that's not playing for an SEC title, but certainly very attractive sitting out there as a one-loss team. You know, let's say Alabama, you know, they lose to LSU. They would have two losses, but obviously they're still going to be ranked very high because, as we've seen, when Alabama loses, they tend to only drop like one or two spots, and so they end up staying up there pretty high. Uh, and then Tennessee, you know, if they win the SEC or if they have one loss, you know, they're going to be an attractive team out there as well. So there's a scenario absolutely where we're looking at, you know, like you said, if LSU can run the table, a two-loss SEC champ, and then a couple of one-loss SEC teams that didn't win the conference but are very attractive sitting out there, the committee's going to have a, a big decision to make. Now, one guy I did talk to told me that, that in the eyes of some people out there that lost to Florida State, they're willing to wash that for LSU. You know, they know how that game ended. You missed the extra point at the, at the, at the buzzer. They're willing to kind of excuse that one. Obviously, the beatdown against Tennessee hurts you. Had you lost on a field goal or something like that, you know, that one they might give you a pass for. But – Look, I think if you go through and you win this conference and you win a, an SEC championship game against a very tough either Georgia or Tennessee team, I think you got to get in. I mean, they may end up being the four seed in the playoff, but LSU is in, and the question is, does another SEC team get in there? You look around the conferences, guys, and you know TCU's looking pretty strong for big, the Big 12, but the Pac-12, everybody's already taking losses left and right there, so maybe they've knocked themselves out. You know, Clemson's looking pretty good as the ACC rep, so – it's going to be interesting when the numbers game comes down to it, but I didn't think coming into this year that the SEC would get two teams in, but right now... I, bet I think they up, do. It looks like it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you, Chris. The other thing is, the guy, um, and you and I talked about this before, the guy who's on the biggest hot seat in college football, Jimbo Fisher. And boy, you are starting to see now, this peel away, he suspended three guys, he's losing offensive linemen, then they play Ole Miss. This weekend, um, that is going to be interesting to watch because there's a lot of money involved. If if you say, "Hey, adios," you know, you gotta you gotta take the stepping. Well, well, but, well, well, man, uh, and, and Chris, like Mike saying, how significant that loss to South Carolina? Carolina. They're like saying, "What?" And M fans are saying, "You got to be kidding me!" After what you saw against <laughs> Alabama, which listen, they got in the ring. Yeah, yeah. And they went toe to toe with yeah, them. Yeah, the, the, the Alabama quarterback. Yeah, depending uh, who's playing. Yeah, uh, but South Carolina—that's uh, a different story. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's you know the, the other thing to keep in mind is they you know when they joined the conference, they became their permanent crossover foe, and, and South Carolina had never beaten them. Yes, true. Them had been in the conference, so um, you know that that was big for for Shane Beamer and company, but. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at three straight losses now for Jimbo, and 
talking to a buddy of mine uh, over the weekend. He said that there are some, uh, you know, he works in the DA's office and he's hearing from a buddy of his at College Station that there's been some arrests there at College Station that have not <laughs> made headlines from a couple of players. Now, a lot of it is misdemeanor stuff, but a lot of it is these 18-year-old freshmen that come in. They were part of the number one recruit class, highly recruited players who are coming in with a little bit of ego and they're not seeing the playing field and, you know, they're getting bored and trying to find things to do with their time and doing some things they shouldn't be doing. So, yeah, it's 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 cracking. The foundation is cracking there under Jimbo Fisher. I think they've already decided he's not going to be calling plays next year if he is back. And, you know, they're going to go out and spend all their big oil money on, you know, whoever the hottest name is, offensive coordinator. I've heard, uh, you know, Major Applewhite is a name that was thrown out there. There's going to be somebody that they're going to go get to bring in and, and call plays next year because they're not going to let Jimbo do that. Uh, there is still a real scenario, though, where if he loses – a handful of games the rest of the way this year that they do pony up the, the, the buyout money. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds crazy because it's $9 million a year through yep. 2031, guys. That, that is an unbelievable amount of money. But if any school can eat it, it's A&M. Boy, talk about a retirement package. <laughs> Man. Uh, like, like severance fee. Like, Man, you the? talk about it. I hit the gold mine, Yana. <laughs> yeah, it's like you won the lottery. I got fired, but I won the lottery. <laughs> Yeah, we saw Coach Hill had a couple. Yeah, right. uh, Jimbo. They got nothing on, on Jimbo. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, it, it is crazy. I mean, think about this, guys. They're three and four. They play UMass, so that's that's one guaranteed win. They're going to get the four and four. At least we think, right? I mean, they right. lost Ash State a few weeks ago. But let's give them that one. They got to find me two wins. They get Ole Miss this weekend. They get Florida the week after. They're at Auburn, and then they they host LSU. They got to go two and two in that stretch just to get bowl eligible, and that's crazy for a team that was preseason top 10 when we started the season. And, um, you know, Chris, along those lines, uh, boy, because they've been up and down and uh, disappointed their fan base, uh, what about the Razorbacks? Because everyone was talking about this summer, oh, watch out for Arkansas. So where are they at now? Now all of a sudden I'm looking at uh, LSU against A&M, LSU against Arkansas. I'm expecting LSU to win now. Now Alabama's a different animal. But Arkansas and, and with A&M, it's not like, oh, man, we're going to be lucky to beat them. Uh, no, but what's happened to Arkansas? Because they've been up and down. They bounce, yeah, they bounced back with the big win at BYU a couple weeks ago. I thought that was a really right. good road win to go hang 50 points. And they got K.J. Jefferson back healthy. Keep in mind, you know, he, he was banged up. Uh, you know, Malik Hornsby played in that game against Mississippi State for him. But K.J. is starting to play a little bit better. I think this is a big, big game for them at Auburn where you basically have a lame duck coach in Brian Harson. This is one that they have to win. They have to win this one. Uh, from what I told the people in Fayetteville, they're still very happy with Sam Pittman. They're disappointed with how this season has gone. They should have beaten A&M. Right. Obviously, the Alabama game got, got away with, from them, which was crazy because Bryce Young was out of that game, and they, they made it a one-score game, and then you know uh, Milrow ran all over them and, and Jameer Gibbs. But – they're still standing by Sam Pittman. They think the arrow is still pointed upward. And, and let's be real. If Arkansas can find a way to beat LSU in a couple of weeks, you know, and then beat Ole Miss and then beat Missouri, they'll feel like that they salvaged their season and go to a really good bowl game. So Arkansas is still a very dangerous team, guys. As we talk about LSU still wanting to run the table, right. that's one that they're going to have to come ready to play in a couple of weeks. Now, uh, Chris, uh, looking at the SEC matchup, uh, what is your take? Because uh, Kentucky at one time, uh, they were in the top ten. Now they nineteenth, and then uh, but at Tennessee, a hot Tennessee team, a minus like twelve and a half. Uh, does the Wildcats show up? Uh, look, this is in Knoxville. What what is your take on that game? This is a danger, danger spot. I, I've been told that in, in uh, 
in, in Tennessee, they were told not even to mention the word Georgia. They don't want to even hear the word Georgia <laughs> this week. Uh, they want to keep it focused and everything on Kentucky. But Kentucky has shown, man, when, when Will Levis is healthy, because keep in mind, he was out of that game that they lost against South Carolina. The Ole Miss game, they should have won. They had three possessions yep. down in Ole Miss territory. Right. Should have won that game, lost by three, blew it. But Will Le- when Will Levis plays, combined with Chris Rodriguez, who has been fantastic since he's coming back in his last couple of games, uh, you know, basically a 100-yard rusher every week, if Chris Rodriguez is running all over Tennessee and getting to 100 yards and Will Levis is making those plays and his offensive line gives him time, Kentucky's going to be in this game against Tennessee. So uh, I'm excited to see how they respond. Kentucky is a very good team. That defense is really good under Mark Stoops. And I think they're going to give Tennessee some problems. And if any of those volunteer players are looking ahead a week going, man, we got Georgia next week for the SEC East title. Kentucky can uh, sneak up on them. So they better be focused. Chris Gordy, always a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Anytime, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, Chris. For all things SEC, subscribe to Locked On SEC on the Odyssey app, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bobby, Mike, and Christian, this is Sports Talk here on WWL. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.